Welcome. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. Today, uh, we're talking with somebody that is going to be running against David Valadeo. Um, I, I often refer to him as Trader Valadeo. Uh, I'm not a fan of the man. I, I walked for him. I was wrong. I made a mistake. We need better. So I'm, I'm excited that we have somebody that is actively looking to get rid of him. But before we get into that, um, as you know, I always have opportunities to get involved. And we have several this week. Uh, Sunday, 11-7, at the corner of Clovis and Shaw Avenue, we have a medical freedom out rally from 3 to 5. So that is in Clovis, California. 11-8, that is a Monday at 6.30 p.m. At 1123 Railroad Avenue, that is the Clovis chapter of Constitutionalists for California meeting. Um, you will be welcome to come join us on Tuesday. 11-9 at 6.30 p.m. is the Kingsburg chapter of Constitutionalists for California meeting. That is at 15,000 Rose Avenue. They have uh, Adam Medeiros, I don't really know much about him, speaking on 110. That is a Wednesday. There's a Clovis School Board meeting. This is an important one. We are very much going to make our voices heard. We have a plan of action. I would invite people out. Schools are an important place to get involved. And we're basically telling the board where do you, you know, where we stand, where we believe they need to stand, how we believe they need to act. And and we'll see whether they listen or we need to look at other alternatives and, and I hope not, but it's a real possibility. Um, Saturday, one thirteen, from 10 to noon is the Fresno city hall turning point event. It is a medical freedom event. Um, turning point is a great organization leading the way on this, but it doesn't matter whether you're a high school or college student, medical freedom matters to all of us and we should get out there. And the politicians should should fear a little bit. Um, what the Brandon administration, excuse me, Biden administration is doing to us is really not okay. And I think we need to stand against it. We need to make it clear that just because his majesty said doesn't mean we have to follow. We have a constitution. We have rights. We need to live that way. A uh, final thing. And this is kind of a good thing. We have a new organization in Clovis, and what they want to do is they've gathered some money, and they want to give away some money to help the needy for Thanksgiving. So if you know a family, you know somebody that really is kind of struggling right now, and and there's some things in our economy, times are tough in some ways. Um, They want to give away some food and some money for Thanksgiving. Uh, They're going to give it away on the 20th. And... You would need to, so whether you're the needy family or you know somebody, um, it is going to be P-B-C submissions with an S on the end, so all spelled out at yahoo.com. P-B-C submissions at yahoo.com. If you wanted to just donate to help the effort, you could also do that. But I think it's it's a worthy cause, and I would encourage you to help out. Or at least reach out if you have a friend, a neighbor, somebody in need that, you know, they're, they're trying their best. We all struggle. None of us are perfect. With that being said, get involved. Today, 
as I, as I mentioned, my guest is running against David Valadeo. I am happy to introduce to you Martha Flores Gibson. Martha, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I want to thank you for having me on the show, Eric. And I also want to thank the audience for listening in. This is a very important segment. I take all the interviews and all the opportunity that I have to talk to the people of the District 21 seriously. I am Martha Flores Gibson. I came to the United States when I was five, and I flew into Wichita, Kansas, and I went to a red little schoolhouse, and I learned English in six months. My stepdad at that time said, you're an American now. You'll act and speak like an American. And so I did just that. I grew up and had so much opportunities because I looked at myself as an American first. And so fast forward, um, I have three adult children, um, two of them. One is with Kern County Bakersfield Fire Department, and he's a captain. And the other one is a lifeguard for LA City, I'm sorry, LA County Fire. And my daughter is an RN. So as you can see, they are all community workers and they save people's lives. As an educator, and my husband and I, we he worked for LA Unified at 55, and um, I retired at 55 as well. Well, there's an American success story. Three successful yeah. kids it's born in another story. country, and they tell us that equality of opportunity isn't there. Folks. This is a success story. No, it and absolutely, we even my five grandchildren success stories because we take being an American and having the freedoms that the Constitution dictates to us, and not dictates, I don't mean that in a way, but gives us the freedoms that we have and that are being taken away. Yes, but those freedoms were written, they're inalienable rights. Absolutely. Don't anybody make the mistake of thinking they can just take them away. It's whether we comply or not. And that's why I'm so excited at this point of time to be running and to be a candidate because it's a movement by the people. As leaders... As myself, I don't look at myself as a politician. I look myself as a leader in the community. It is so exciting to be a candidate because being a movement, it falls just that one person. It falls on the collective. And in the district, in District 21, I look upon it. Oh, it is right for people to the movement because when I look at the unions as an insider, and this is what's important for me as an insider, as an employee for 27 years in the Long Beach Unified District, and as an educator, having a doctorate, I'm an insider and I know what happens within the system. And we know that it doesn't work. And the People are starting to wake up. The parents are starting to wake up and say, whoa, if I don't do something, if I don't stand up, I am going to be left out. 
So And really, to be honest with you, the parents were left out a long time ago. So it's exciting to see them stand up for their students. And I stand for freedom of choice. And I stand with currently the petitions that have opened up to where the parents now can actively take a stand saying, hey, I want my student to be involved where I want and not where the district or the government more specifically. We're going to pause there for just a second. Okay. So you said a couple things that were really important. You were called to this. Have you been a politician before? Never. Never. And never will. And as again, it's the politicians, they're ones that go in there for the people, but they become self-serving to where they're working for the nation. And that's yeah. not the purpose of us going in there. That was We're, not what our founding fathers dreamed of. They thought that they should be citizen government people and that they would then go back to their lives rather than it being a career. The other thing is you mentioned a ballot initiative that is asking for choice. You take the money with the student, whether it's homeschooling, private schooling, charter schools, or public schools, you make your choice. And that is just, just coming off the presses. It's just started, but that could change the whole game in California. Um, it would, and we need that, Eric. We need that. We, we also need, need public school to have competition. It's so much. I'm you. And what Virginia saw was that the parents overtook the unions. And here in California, we have the very powerful teachers' union which my husband and I are a part of. However, we choose the, the students. My husband and I were advocates of students first. Was he a teacher also? I'm sorry. Was, was your husband also a teacher? He was also in education? Yes. Okay. yes. He was a member of the LA Unified School District. So we, we were part of school districts and wonderful teachers wonderful teachers it's gotten out of hand now when I was going to school as a social worker I read in my books that parents had the right say so for their students I read the government did not and that's changed um I don't know that it's actually changed, but the belief is, um, I think Terry McAuliffe, who just lost in Virginia, personifies that. He basically said the parents should sit down, shut up, and let the teachers and the school boards have all say. And I believe that parents are absolutely essential in educating their children, that of course they have a say. Those are our elected representatives, and they need to hear our mm-hmm. voices. And in Virginia a governor candidate that was up by 15 points, a, a state that was won by President, uh, was it Bi- Brand, Brand, no, Biden, not Brandon, Biden, um, <laughs> came in and oh. 
basically they said, hey, you know, those aren't your kids. You know, and then he didn't back down from it. It would be one thing to go, oh, my God, I've just said the most horrible thing that's anti-freedom. Instead, he basically stood by it. And the president came in and gave speeches and backed him. And then the American people spoke. That's a powerful lesson. And I think that can happen in California. And I hope that you're one of those people that gets to lead the way. With that being said, what do you think of the role of government? What's government's purpose for people? Well, it's government for the people, for sure, for the citizens. That's what our Constitution says. However, it's not so. Again, it the politicians have made it self-serving for, for them. And this is what we need to change in District 21. We need to start changing the way that citizens in leadership positions get elected by the people and not the lining of the pockets of the politicians, not the few collect few that donate, that keep these politicians in these positions. There needs to be a voice for the people, by the people, supported by the people, because we saw that it did work for the recall. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to go back. We can move forward. However, no, I'm, I'm motivated by what happened with the recall, even though we lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. do you believe in term limits? Yes. That That's one of the things that when, when you look, well, really, honestly, let's be realistic. Do we not loathe Pelosi for being in there all those years? We could say the same thing about Biden. I mean, 40 and 50 years, depending on which one we're talking about. They didn't never had a real job. They were always suckling at the government teat like piglets. And that's that that applies to both sides. I happen to pick out those two. But anybody that's a career politician real problems with that i think you need to either move up or get out and hopefully you do both if you're really a qualified candidate maybe you move up for a while and then you go back to your to real life and get a dose of reality well you know the thing is is that it takes a while to write policy for the people and to implement i i I agree with that totally however you want the movement to continue because then it then the power stays with the citizens the constituents of the district and they know best locally what they need and how to move that and as a leader or as in leadership position for myself i look at i look at that and i how can i help in moving that policy in legislation, voting on those very special issues. So when we're going to go people. ahead and we're going to go ahead and take a break. Come back. We'll come back to, to something important. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist here on 1550 KXCX, the best talk in town. 
And welcome back. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. Well, welcome. Today I am joined by Martha Flores Gibson. She is running in District 21 for Congress against David Valadeo. Somebody needs to unsuit that man. Um, if I'd known more about him, I never would have walked for him. Um, I walked a district for him. Um, I shook his hand. I talked to him about conservatism. I feel like he lied to my face. There will come a point when I run into you, David, in person, and I will have my say. I'm not saying I'm going to be violent, but I am going to express my First Amendment rights. You'd best hope that there aren't kids around, because if there are, I will be. it'll be more rated G. If there aren't, it's not going to be rated G. What are your top issues in this can in in this count in this area? Well, we want to look at really the ranchers, the farmers, AG. So those are agenda. That is huge. That is that's a huge agenda, and it just keeps getting kicked. The can just keeps getting kicked and kicked, and there needs to be a team and solutions, and so. We can start there, right? And then that's the great have, engine of our uh, rally is agriculture. Mm-hmm. Drives absolutely our, drives our economy and, then, and everything else. Absolutely, and then of course you have your PG and E. That's huge, right? That's another issue, and of course we know that that it's very powerful, and our governor has taken it on every issue to stop the Central Valley from succeeding. Uh, So that's huge. And then, of course, it's the economy, stupid, because with what's happening with the water and with our ranchers and with everything in the Central Valley, it's the jobs, right, for the farmers. So that goes hand in hand. But it it, it extends way beyond that. People think, oh, you don't work directly in ag, you're not supported by ag. All those jobs are multiplied. What about the convenience store? What about the parts place? The warehouse? Mm -hmm. The packing house? It doesn't have to be direct. It is connected to pretty much every job is somewhat supported Mm -hmm. or largely supported by agriculture Mm -hmm. right here in the valley. And so we're a little different than, than a lot of the state. And that means that we need a different type of politician to protect different issues absolutely and you know you need to think outside the box and you need to have great people because great leaders surround themselves with great people and great teams that will get the job done that's that's the way at all what i see and also the most important is bringing on our students in our schools and directing them. That's huge. Because when you look at California, California is very diverse. Mm-hmm. I have been in the Valley for 20 years. And I'll tell you why. My son was here 20 plus years ago as an entering firefighter. My husband and I would visit constantly and we talked all the time about moving. So finally, when we did make the move, um, we felt very fortunate to move from 
Southern California, where we try so desperately to really change the situation. However, it never changed. And so with that said, um, I lived in an area which was hugely diverse. However, now when you look at California, it's diverse as anyone can imagine. And so my plan, my, my hope is to bring on those young individuals, whether they be young or um, the middle class, social, economic, whatever it is, bring them on because we need fresh blood. And this is what's so exciting in this district is that we have, I talk to people all the time. They said, I've never been involved, mm-hmm. but I'm going to. That and is a point of hope. Say that again. People have never, never been, been involved, involved, but I'm going to do it now. And they are. No, that is, that is one of the things that encourages me the most. I always paid attention to national politics. I always voted, but we're approaching two years where I went from somebody that paid attention. I didn't hesitate to discuss politics with people, but I was not an activist, you know, and suddenly a year and a half later, almost two years, um, I'm on the radio. I lead a group. Um, I've already been to three meetings this week that have to do with politics I've gone off the deep end. Now, you don't have to go off the deep end, folks, but everybody can do their part. And sitting on your butt to not act is to act. To not speak is to speak. That's a very famous quote or portion of one from Bonhoeffer, who stood against the Nazis in World War II in Germany. Uh, He's a famous preacher. And you really shouldn't read about Bonhoeffer. There's a lot to be learned there. So agriculture is a big issue. We have a a fairly impoverished district, which is unfortunate. What can we do to change that? Well, it's not throwing money at it, Eric. You know, as a social worker in cultural training, it's never throwing money at you. It's working together at at the table, bringing common sense solutions and bringing in a team that cuts across all spectrum, whether it be business, corporation, these constituents, you look at the recall, it was successful because you had everyone involved and where to start. No, it created a vast network. So you're saying we kind of need to do the same thing. We need to create a network to change the county, or in this case, change District 21. Start with District 21. It's so exciting to be presenting the citizens in that district. You don't know how much I feel so proud of what they have accomplished so far. Well, no, I I can totally see that. Who would you work with in Congress? I mean, are, are there I people that you're, I know you say you can work with anybody. Some of them are going to be easier to work with. So who would you seek out first? Is there three or four or five people? 
you know, I want I want to say is I want to work with the ones that reach out to me because coming in, they will know me. They'll get to know me from now until the election in November of 2022. They will definitely, believe me, Eric, know me. I'm a mover and shaker, and I have connections all across California now. So I want to work with those ones that approach me. And I'll, I'll have my eyes on some of the people, but however, sometimes, you know, you go in, you think that someone that you highly look up to, that they have it all there, you find out different. So I want to approach me first, and then we can get started. What can Congress do about the economy? You know, you said common sense. Are there some simple things that you would back that potentially change the game? Because, you know, we went from the largest oil producer in the world to our gas prices are soaring. We went from a robust economy to now inflation in the first quarter that was 7%, and it's only looking like it's going to get worse. What do we do? How do you provide leadership there? Well, for one thing, you um, stop taking their money because if you take their money, you're going to have to play the fiddle with them. I would start with the root of the problem. In every situation, in every solution, you need to go to the root. And so you need to go to the people that you least expect for them to be a, a part of the solution. You need to go to them and ask them, you know, this was crucial when I started working for the district. It you was mean a large school district. district. You mean school district. You know, I LA went, Unified, right? Just so Long people know. Unified. Do you know Long that Unified? I asked the janitors what was the solutions or how did they see the problems? Do you know they knew? They knew every skeleton in the closet and they helped me and I learned from them. So you start with going to the root of the problem and it could be the very top corporations. However, you go and you asking people. Well, that, that's an interesting, it, but, but that is very true. It's not just the root of the problem, but if the problem is that, politicians are beholden to somebody, then you got to follow the money trail. Are there things we could do to make, is there legislation, things we could do to make that money trail more transparent? It's not terrible to look it up, but it is a pain in the butt. I, I think there should be ways to change that, to look at who's donating in what amounts. Well, you know, you know, I was reading in the scriptures this morning that Um, we're not perfect, but he is. And so I rely on that because I'm not perfect, but he is. And he knows where the questions are. And I'm talking about the Lord. He knows. He knows where the skeletons are buried. And I was just listening to a Democrat in a meeting where they're going to initiate the passing of 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 this huge 
bill, right? Of these, uh, to get us into more debt. So he was really talking truth. And I was listening to him. I was intrigued with him. I said, is this a Democrat? Is this a Democrat talking? And I thought, wow. And he said, I'm going to let the people know exactly what you're doing. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, that is so transparent. And is that not a fresh, a, a fresh water, a brush of fresh air to bring transparency to the citizens of the district? I, I love represent- that idea. But again, from the top, this president promised he was going to be the most transparent campaign, most transparent administration, and he's never been through a full press conference once. He takes select questions on his teleprompter. It tells him who he's supposed to ask questions of first, so it's all staged. Um, he frequently gets lost during press conferences. So I'm glad that there's a Democrat that does that. And, you know, I have a lot of friends that are Democrats, but I don't really think I have any Democratic politician I, I think I could look up to. Now, that doesn't mean that I like very many of the Republicans. Eric, huge. You know, in the school district, two points. In the school district that I work for, you can count in your all the Republicans for the district. And I would get why, why, why are you a Republican? And of course, we all, you know, it's uh, standing for life. It's just for me, being a conservative is so much the freedom I sleep at night and I can breathe when I sleep. So, but I had to work with the Democrats. And so my friend Democrats, and I still have my friend Democrats, however, they know who I am. And, and sometimes I'll go on Facebook and say, you know what? I never came against the last president, and I never called him names. So I said, you are threatening the president. Now you need to get off of my website, off my Facebook. And if you don't, I will do. So I've had to do that. And also, um, I just believe that Democrats did anything to get elected. And we knew, we knew that they weren't going to be transparent. We knew that. Um. However, I believe it's a moral issue to stay true to yourself so and not party that is an important issue um i think so many politicians think the end justifies the means and so that means that we are without morality if we live in a place of the end justifies the means so earlier you mentioned you were grounded with you know your faith that's an important thing when all of us and i'm speaking as a citizen as opposed to somebody who has a talk show, when you look at a a candidate, understanding who they are is important and understanding whether they're real. Mm -hmm. If you were to try to vet a candidate and you're trying to decide whether you vote for somebody, what do you look for? I look for, 
I search them out and I look what they've done in the past. I look at their career. I look at the way they talk, their mannerisms. Because remember, I, I was a therapist for a minute there in children's services. And I worked for the sexual abuse unit. So you had to read people because they didn't always I had to say read. it. And you know something? I knew exactly when the perpetrator repented because they would admit their fault. Remember, we're not perfect, but God is perfect. And they would admit that they made a mistake. And I knew that's when their work begun for restoration in their lives and reconciliation. So you look for that. You look for a turnabout. If they've had a shaky background, you look for a turnabout. However, you look at who they are. You look at the mannerisms. You look at their body language. You look at their expression. And you also look at who they hang out with. Who are they associated with? Their friends so find them. for me, I look at, I look at more people than the average person because as, as a mental health worker, you have to. I think a, a simpler way to put that, and I don't disagree with anything you just said, would be people should trust their gut. And if you, you follow your gut, most of the time you're right. Sometimes there's more to the story, but most of the time, if you know something's wrong, something's wrong, it just may not be what you think it is. So I won't even say you're wrong. It's just it may not be quite what you think it is because sometimes people are in their own little world. They're disconnected from the situation in front of them. But generally, if you watch how people are behaving, can you believe them? Listen to that little voice in your head. Listen to your gut. And that'll tell you a lot about a person. And I think we've kind of gone numb or worse yet a lot of people have decided that they don't really want to be part of the system i just want to live my life and politics doesn't matter Um, those people have the opportunity to change your life with legislation and by change your life i mean limit your liberties go ahead eric i couldn't agree with you more i remember when i first ran in the in this is not my first rodeo when I first ran, my first race was in 2010 against Bonnie Lowenthal. And she had a family that was heavily rooted in politics. And they really destroyed California, to be honest with you. So I ran against her. She was my mentor in the school district. And when she heard I was running, she told my boss, Karen Hilburn, she says, Mark, Karen, it's Martha. And because I was asked to run as in the state assembly in the 70th district. So what happened, the end of the day, I had 48% of the vote. And we did not raise that much funds. I think that we raised about 7,000. And I was told by That's nothing for an assembly district. Folks, that is sorry. That is nothing for running for assembly in California. Oh no, because I was told that it it was a half a million dollar seat, right? And so what happened is that the school district supported me. They couldn't endorse me because the school districts 
the unions can't endorse a conservative candidate. However, they were behind me because they knew me. And when I spoke, the people had a gut feeling saying, get the politicians out. Let okay, I think we lost audio. We're going to go ahead and go to a break. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. And welcome back. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. For those that are just tuning in, I'm talking today with Martha Flores Gibson. She is running against David Valadeo in the 21st District. That is really the Central Valley of California, down around Bakersfield, along the edge of Bakersfield. Not too much of the town, right? And up north to Kingsburg, west to Hanford, kind of a triangle. Well, it's pretty gerrymandered. We can't even give it a triangle. It's, it's, it's an odd shape, but it's a rural district, mostly farming. Martha, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. I lost my connection for a while. And, and as I was saying, we went to Sacramento, our team and I, and Connie Conway, who was the GOP leader for the assembly said, oh, she says, you're that team that they stole the election from. We had no idea what she was talking about. Later on, we learned what had happened. So again, it's following your gut. And um, the people in the 70th district, they knew that they needed someone different. And that's what I want to convey and earn my trust with this one because you have to earn your trust so how would people find out more about you aside from this radio program do you have a website do you have speaking engagements that that maybe they could go see in person yes they can if they can please follow me on facebook for for i i am martha flores gibson the number four congress and my instagram is vote the for Martha. That's my Instagram. Now I do have a website and it's Martha for CD21.com. There and email me, call me, let me know who you are. We are still looking for a team. I have great team members that want to help me. And so again, Martha, number four, cd20.com. And you will see about me. We're still in the first basis. And so you love to have, and uh, let's win collectively. Let's be a movement. I will be the leader that will never stop working for you. When is the when is your election coming up? How much time do you have? It is primary, of course, is in June, and then you of, go of next year. The, yes, of next year, two thousand twenty-two, and then of course, top two go to the November elections, and I will be the top two. So we're starting to wind down, and. I always like to focus on why you're hopeful, um, even a story of why you're hopeful in your life, 
why you're hopeful about this American freedom movement. Um, what solutions do we have? How can we fix things? So, Well, the hope that I have is Virginia. <laughs> even New Jersey. That's a deep blue right. state and, and a candidate that did not raise very much money almost won. Absolutely. And we're, we're going to, I, I, this is not my rodeo. I know that there's plenty that do. And I mean, for the citizens in District 1 to step up and help and collectively, not the small few that line the pockets of our current incumbent that is in there right now. So uh, again, when you look at the candidates that already have filed, look them up and your gut in who they are. And I'm positive you'll come back and see me. I'm positive. And so the solutions would have to be as flipping teams. Now, recall our president, I'm talking our past president, um, he started to develop teams to solution. And that's the start. And so I'm really optimistic on what people want to do, especially with the initiatives that are going on in the school districts and the school board and that have taken the reins. I'm so proud of them. And so I just really want to move forward. I want to be that top two and build be the top two. I'm a force to be reckoned with. And I don't give up. I don't give up. So please don't you give up. And how I'm do we, how do we get the people off their butts? Um, District 21, do not give up. And of course, they're going to change. And can I say that I'm very optimistic as in how they're changing the district? Still don't know, but very optimistic on how District 21 will change to our benefit. So people should know that currently there is a redistricting process that happens after every census. The census happens every 10 years because populations shift. That is an opportunity for politicians, and since we have one-party rule, to make it so that it is much easier for all of their candidates to get elected and much harder mm -hmm. for anybody of a different party or different political per persuasion to get elected. Mm -hmm. That is the problem mm -hmm. with one-party rule. That is one of the things that worries me about California is that we have when you have only one voice being heard, one voice in control, there is no common sense. I think we'd have a problem if a different list of problems, and I don't think it'd be quite as severe because generally conservatives believe in crazy stuff like the Constitution, but and the hardcore leftists, a lot of them just want what they want, and doesn't matter what it says in the Constitution, doesn't matter about rights, but during this redistricting process... You know, you do have the opportunity to make your voice heard. Um, if you contact 
I know Devin Nunes has reached out to a lot of people as to how to speak about redistricting in your area. Do you do you have any of the numbers or, or ways to to let people know how they can influence the redistricting committee? Well, there is. Um, they can go on redistricting California. I believe that it's um, that's the that's the commission and they can have their voices heard. There is a number that they call in and they can definitely speak their mind and their freedom of speech. So they can do that even as we enter into the final phase in December and January. So they can do that right now. And, um, and I know that that voice is heard. So please get involved. Get involved if you feel that you say, what can I do? What can I do? Well, this is part of being involved. Yes, that's one more way to get involved. I went to a redistricting meeting for the Fresno County Board of Supervisors. Um, you can guarantee that the hardcore left is there. Um, I was actually a little embarrassed yeah. because every single speech talked about race mm-hmm. every single mm-hmm. one of them talked about race and it seemed to be the most important thing they saw it first and we're never going to get to martin luther king's dream unless we stop seeing this um, i have mixed race in my family um, it's not even a really issue one way or the other i'm proud of them because they're my family and they're good people what the color of their skin is isn't really particularly relevant and I hope that that's the place we get to but the left doesn't seem to want to be there anymore mm-hmm. it was it was a little disappointing well I you know what that's an excellent point Eric because I am a candidate that's very well qualified through being in business and also just being able my experiences not the color of my skin it is not. I'm an American. Hmm. So and you, I do, you define yourself that American. way first. And most first-generation Americans do. Second, they might go, I'm, in your case, you're South American, Peruvian? They remember that right? I am, I am from Central America. I'm Central. from El Salvador. Okay, sorry about that. I know. But let me tell you, I come from a strong breed of women <laughs> that don't, if you tell them no, they try even harder. Okay. And I'm one of those women. We're down to and just I a really, little bit of time, 30 seconds as to why you're the candidate. I am the candidate because I have proven myself to work in the ditches for cities. I have served my community. I have served them very well. And I also, I'm a well-educated woman that knows how to run the district. So, this is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. 